purposeful wanderers, people who are nomadic by nature. Your adventure is not contained. Your talent is not limited to your zip code. You're gonna love the guy that I am bringing to you today. His name is, well, you can call him the bearded one. <laughs> yes. Or Damon Burton. Absolutely go look him up right now. If you're sitting stationary anywhere, look him up on LinkedIn. You're gonna find some really cool stuff. We met online. Right, I don't date online, but I meet some really cool people online, and uh, and this is one of them. And listen, a lot of us are making this thing a whole lot harder than it needs to be. And um, if that's you, pull those ears out, stretch them out, and get ready for the thunder, Damon. <laughs> Welcome to the Sell Anywhere, Lead Anywhere podcast, brother. That, that's a wrap. That's let's just end it there. Thanks for the intro. You you do date online. We are in a we are in a bromance state right now. We are having a whirlwind love affair right now. This is this is true. This is true. We have uh there, yeah. And we'll dig into that. We will absolutely dig into that. By the way, quick reminder for you guys: uh, the Sell Anywhere book is uh, it is out in one week as of today. So by the time you hear this, it'll it'll be out. Go ahead and order it. Good for and you. Um, it's uh, yeah, I'm re ready to rock that. And if you wanna, you wanna travel with me, put me in your briefcase and, and take me along and let's go about your own adventure. Let's, but, let's uh, just make this awkward as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Damon, um, I I met you through a mutual friend, and I think that's how mm -hmm. all good things start. Um, and it's it's. For me, I find that the way that we, we have connected, first off, is the way that I, for me, I feel like this is how business can be and should be done. Mm -hmm. um, but also, well, before we get into that, this is a Sell Anywhere podcast. Tell us where you're at. I see this beautiful office space behind you. Where is your uh, I am just north of Salt Lake City, Utah. So I am in northern Utah. And um, I think we're expecting our first legit snow of the winter today. Come on, love me some Utah. And um, it looks like you're pretty pretty comfortable and this is a home environment, I'm, I'm assuming? Yeah, you know, so I've owned, uh, I've owned, I've owned a marketing agency. <laughs> I've owned a marketing agency for 14 years and, and uh, it's, my team's always been remote. So um, I have half my teams in the state, half my teams overseas and and uh, we've just always conducted business virtually. I like being at home. I like being around my wife and kids. Um, you know, we are the oddballs. I've also been married for 14 years and I love her as much now as day one. So like us being together 24 seven, like that's our jam. I love that. A lot of people who listen to podcasts and they're, they're, they're junkies of knowledge and growth and all that stuff. They really mess it up they make their work their life. And, and what I love mm -hmm. about you, Damon, is, is you make your life work and everything yeah. flows from that. And we're definitely gonna be digging into the whole idea of remote team. One of the things that made my ears uh, preak up is when you were telling me um, there, there's a little bit of a journey that sometimes you take, whether it's in, I don't, I can't remember, I think it's in the dead of winter and maybe it's not working yeah. the same yeah, yeah, yeah. now. Can, can you talk to us about how you, what you do, where it, how all that has uh, operated day, in the past? My day trips? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I actually just did one last week. So um, it's kind of along the same note of, you know, me appreciating my time with my wife and kids. So when what, being in Utah, you know, as much as I love Utah, I love the summers more than the winters. Um, so in the winter, I want to get out and get some sunshine and I'll take the closest places from here where there's a beach is San Diego. So it's about a 90 minute flight. I'll catch like a 6 a.m. flight there, but I want to get back to my wife and kids. And so I'll catch a 6 p.m. flight back the same day. So I do these things, what I call day trips. Um, and so I went and did one. Um, yeah, I, I certainly haven't been doing them as much this year. Um, usually, and I, I do them even during, I do them year round, but, but in the winter, I do them a little bit more just to get that break and that sunshine. So I usually do them at least once a month, usually twice a month in the winter. Um, but yeah, COVID kind of, it makes you a little more hesitant about doing that. And then, um, but I did one last week, kind of took my younger brother, when I'm the oldest of seven. And, and so my 22 year old brother kind of exposing him to the world. And every time I 
go to different places lately. I bring him and I, you know, you know, Donnie, if I was in your area, I'd call you up and say, you want to meet in person. And so I've kind of been doing that with other people that I know and introduced them to some cool people. And, um, last week we were in Arizona and, uh, met Charles Barkley we hung out and just hung out with Charles Barkley at my friend's cigar bar. <laughs> the round down of rebound. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. So my, my friend, um, I was in Vegas a couple weeks ago, met another friend and my brother was with me as well. So we've been on this like mini tour in the last month. As soon as I get done saying I haven't been traveling very much now, I'm telling you, I went three places in three weeks <laughs> other than the last three weeks. I haven't been traveling. Um, so I took him to San Diego, met a good friend, Mo Gaius. Have you met Mo? Have I introduced you Mo? Not yet. No. Not yet. So I met Mo in San Diego and then met Michael. I'm going to slaughter his last name. It's Hawaiian Kalaniki. Uh, met him in Vegas. And then when we were in Vegas, um, he took us to a friend's cigar bar. I don't smoke, but um, my brother smoked cigars and took him there. And I said, well, geez, if you're in cigar bars, my friend owns this super fancy one in Arizona. You want to go there? So we went there and, and just, uh, it's been really fun just exposing him to different things. And that kind of goes along with what we might be able to talk about a little bit today is I just like, my new thing is living through other people. Like I've done a lot of fun stuff. And so now my fun is like seeing other people experience new things. So you're a little bit of a curator. I am. I'm a curator of life experiences. Thank you. I've been trying to figure out how to, how to position that title. Now we got it. Dude, yeah, I'll we'll send you an invoice. Dude, did uh, you know? Did you know that I am officially a lord? You are speaking to Lord Damon Burton now. Well, that, I knew there was a reason why I was on my knee. Why are you kidding me? Look at this. <laughs> are are <laughs> we the first to bring honor to Lord? You, you are yeah, Damon the first, Burton. Yes, that's it. It's not as cool as it sounds. You can you can buy it online. It's I legit can, though. I can like, buy can, lordship. Yeah, you can buy lordship. And I guess the title is based on like you actually having land gifted down to you. And so they plot you like a five foot piece of land in this honorary um, <laughs> house of manor place. And then you get lordship. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was actually flying back from from either Vegas or uh, or Arizona. And I just stumbled across and like, yeah, I want a lord title. Why not? Please, please, please show me your ring. Do you, do you have a ring? I don't, I don't, but I have but a But you do have arms. a wax seal. I have a coat of arms though. I they need, sent me. We need we must have something to kiss, Damon. Look, this yeah. is I have a coat of arms though. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Oh man. See, uh, that I, was already worth the investment. Were, how did I not know that you were one of seven siblings? Um, I don't know. Yeah, why didn't know how, you know that? Yeah, I don't know why because I asked that of everyone. I say, Are you one of seven siblings? And I don't Usually know how I didn't know. So you yeah. asked me that. You just yeah, don't being told now. Yeah, we and I think I told you we have eight youngins ourselves. We had eight. Dude, we have eight kids. Yeah, you're wild. I know. I know. We fit right in when we were in Utah. I'll say that. <laughs> you're, yes. Homes were not too small for us there. You know. You know what? That was either the funniest thing anybody's ever heard, or they have no idea what you're talking about. They don't. And we're going to move <laughs> right along from that. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, the thousands of listeners in Utah will understand what that yeah. one is. Talk to us, um, Damon. One of the things that, uh, that you do really, really, really well is, it, it, and I believe it shatters, it stands in the face of what people, um, a, a lot of people have, uh, believe about building relationships, but you build really great relationships with people that you've never physically met. Mm-hmm. And you do it in a way that is, is, is very, is very personal. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I've always kind of been like a giver and just do things that feel good. But then obviously when you own a business, you have to, you know, put food on the table as well. And so over the years, I realized that the majority of my business was coming from referrals. And so I, I had a moment where I said, well, why can't I kind of blend both those worlds and continue to scale the company, but still not be the gross pukey sales guy and still foster relationships. And so I started to make a, a real strong intentional push towards networking and building relationships. And with the true intention of the relationship, not the financial possibilities. And, you know, if you take care of the relationship, the financial bill, the financial benefits take care of, takes care of itself later. So um, I really have just kind of embraced engaging other people just because it feels good. Um, 
about 20 minutes before you and I jumped on, I was talking to another person that I met through LinkedIn and then they kind of followed me over to Facebook and we've been engaging on Facebook for probably about a year and um, they wanted some consulting and then they, they rescheduled because, you know, they were candid and said, well, I money's tight right now. And I said, put it back on the books and don't worry about it. I'll just, I'll just, you know, help you out this round. And so we ended up getting on a call that was um, supposed to be half scheduled for half an hour. And I had the time open and, and ended up going for 90 minutes. And most of that call was not about my area of expertise of SEO. And it was just about business basics and a lot of stuff we're talking about now, like how do I scale relationships? And so that's kind of like the the indirect personal answer, like I do it because it feels good. And then there's also the icing on the cake that it grows your business. Now the how is you have to find the balance of scaling, but also maintaining the personability of the scaled engagement. I'm gonna I'm gonna time out you right here because a lot of I've, I've watched people, I've consulted with people that. Um, so we're gonna get into the how in a second, Damon. But they don't they don't they see it as an either or. Right. I can either I can either scale or I can grow or I can have clients or I can have a relationship. So really, it's almost like a, a transaction and a relationship are at, at odds yeah. with, with one another. And what I'm hearing you say is and, and this is this is why we connect so well is we're saying that business is a byproduct mm-hmm. of of relationship. Yeah, it doesn't negate it doesn't negate the transaction, but but maybe I guess like can you address maybe the either or? I don't know if you ever struggled with that, or were you always just like, dude, this is about relationships? Mm-hmm. So, somewhere in the middle. I mean, like one thing that's unique about how I, I approach things is I super value relationships and business and the byproduct of it, but at the same time, I equally super value my personal life and my private time with my family. So the reason why I mention that is like I don't give my cell phone client, I don't give clients my cell phone number. Like nobody has my number. Um, I shut off the phones at five o'clock, like our auto attendance, you just cannot get through. I don't have email on my phone. I put it in our contracts that we are not available 24 seven. We are not available on weekends. We're not available on holidays. So it really comes down to um, defining what you're comfortable with and then being transparent about that. Like those arrangements are not weird unless you make them weird. Like if you, if, if you don't set those expectations and then your client calls you in a panic and then you tell them no, then it's weird. But if you're proactive about it and say, hey, look, I'm all in during work hours, super passionate about what I love. Um, and so during that time, like I'm here, whatever you want, anytime. But you you actually get more respect. I don't get, I, I've never got any pushback from a client when I tell them I'm not available. Um, and a lot of people will say, well, do you lose business? Um, do you miss opportunities? And I don't think I do because if anything, two things happen. One is that that client goes, okay, Damon has boundaries. I respect that. And I respect that because he's a professional and because he's a professional, he has those boundaries. But then at the same time, the people that want to push those boundaries, those are not my clients. I don't want them. So, you know, I think if you set those, those ground rules, when you're in your early entrepreneur days, it can suck to turn down a client. It's totally worth it. Like you selling your soul and not sleeping at night for that extra buck just is not, it wears you down. So it can be a long-term play, but it's worth it. Okay. 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 So I'm, I'm going to, so confessions of, of a salesperson, right? I can tell you that for a very long part of my, my career, well, at least the first half, I felt like I had to be a fit for everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. And Damon, what you just now described is you is you basically saying, hey, yo, here's who I am and not everyone's a fit and that's okay. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm talking to you, you sales professional and you sales leader that's out there. I want you to listen to what Damon say, and I want to dig in this, like some of the, like the specifics, but it's, if we can, if we can free ourselves to know who we want to be attractive to, it will also free us to be, to repel others so that we're Mm -hmm. not, I can tell you that the me going through that, first off, there is an incongruence with like you're being one way or you're over promising. Um, There's always this weird feeling of guilt that follows that person around. There's always a weird place of like sleepless. There's, there's something that's, there's a restlessness Mm -hmm. that follows that person around. And, And most people get burned out that way. And what you just described, Damon, was something that where uh, you basically have given us permission 
to say you can you you can have what you want or you get to decide what's important. Mm-hmm. How, did, have you always been that way? Uh, I've always been very confident, yes. Um, but th- there's kind of a def- uh, definitive moment when I was at dinner with my wife in the last employer I had. But um, before I get into that story, I think I think one other thing that kind of complements this discussion is being the concept of being comfortable with the unknown. And so what I mean by that and how it addresses your question is when I was younger in, you know, late teens, early twenties, I didn't know what I was going to be and what I was going to do as career. I, I had a pretty strong sense that I would be self-employed and do my own thing, but I had absolutely no clue what that thing was going to be. But I think part of the beauty and why I've been able to carve out, um, you know, a career that I like working with people that I like that provides financial stability is that I didn't prematurely commit to all those other options. I was okay with the unknown in going, the one way that I often compare it is like um, you, you dated your career. So like in real life, you date to find a partner, you, the first relationship doesn't work out, but you take away what you like from it and what you didn't like from it. And then you look for those things in the next partner. You date somebody else. And if it doesn't work out, you take away from what you've learned in the two partners, move on to the next one. And then eventually you find your career that you want to marry. And so that's how it was with me when I found the world of, you know, web design and search marketing is I had done enough things where I said, I like business, but I don't like corporate. I like um, design and the creative side, but I like, you know, whatever. So I found the ups and downs of all the things that I liked and picked a path. And I gave myself the freedom to not prematurely commit and then just explore. So I'm going to pause there before I get into the dinner with my previous boss. Cause it sounds like you got, you, you got something to say. <laughs> you, you kind of see me like love. I'm like, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Well, I mean, like, it's funny because um, just the idea of dating your career, you may have just saved me a lot of struggle with, uh, with at least five of my eight children. So like, I love the, I love the mentality of like, listen, um, you don't just get one whack at it. You, you yeah. like when you step up to the plate one time, there's such a pressure that goes along with that. And that's why when you see people in college and they're like, what's the one thing? Dude. And, yeah. My, I'm mentoring, I'm mentoring my um, wife's nephew. And so with that, his, his girlfriend that he's been with for about five years has kind of come along with that. And so I've kind of been giving her advice too. And she made a post the other day, she's gone to nursing school. Like she's put in a couple of years and a good amount of time and money in it. And she made a post the other day that said something about, um, you know, the stress of trying to explain to people, friends and family, like why you're considering changing your career. So the way that I interpreted it was she's put all this time into nursing, but now she's reconsidering. And so I replied back to her and I said, the only thing that's worse than that is following through and regretting it. Yes. Like if you think about all the people that you know, that are like mid, you know, midway through their life and they're just absolutely miserable, but they might even be successful. It's because they're doing something that they absolutely hate. Dude. And you, you and I, here's the deal. For, for those of you who are out there, uh, and maybe you're at the beginning, maybe you're at the bottom of the mountain, you're about to climb, make sure it's a mountain worth climbing, right? Um, I have watched too many people step into something because they thought they had to. It starts maybe with expectations of others. Maybe it's because you think you have to have this thing or maybe it's a cheap, whatever, whatever the reason is, we, we've never, most people, like I work with a lot of people in their 30s, 40s, 50s that are very successful and they never actually question, like they, they don't feel like they, they are able, they, they can't do what they want. Mm-hmm. They walked in and they put these on and the worst thing that you can ever lose in any of this stuff is your agency and your freedom and, and your belief that what you're doing is what you want to do. That, that to me is the, that's that place. It's the, um, uh, you know, the massive men are leading lives of quiet desperation and go to the grave with their songs still in them. That is the corporate line that people are getting into because of whatever reason. And then they stay there. And Damon, what you just did is you threw out a, you threw out the lifeline, you threw out the preserver. That's, that's a rescue to us that says you have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one great example is, um, 
when I was in my infancy of learning web design, I worked on radio and I, I took an internship and I got really lucky to be on air in just a couple months. And, you know, you think about being 19, 20 years old and being on air in a major marketplace, like that is cool stuff. Dude, you but sound I, like a late night DJ. Is that what? what, no, what we're, no, no, I was the total opposite when I was on, when I was on air, because I'm a, I'm a pretty soft-spoken person. And so when I was on air, I was, I was the very like barfy, like up energetic. I didn't do the, the radio our voice, but I was much more loud spoken than I am naturally. Oh, we're gonna, I want to hear the, the, the yeah. your closest radio barf voice before we, nah. <laughs> <laughs> they're so cringy now. Okay. So, so when I was in radio, like it was cool. Like it was all the cool things you think about you're on air, you're playing music, you're going to concerts, you're meeting artists. But I learned very quickly that that was not what I wanted to do long-term career. It was very toxic. Um, and for me, the biggest thing I noticed was how transient it was. You know, if you lose your job in radio, you're not just going to the radio station across the street, like you're uprooting everything and moving across the country to find the next gig. And so like, that's a great example of looking, you got to look at the reality and the full picture of things and decide what are the long-term benefits of it? Like, sure, you know, nursing probably sounded amazing um, for my nephew's girlfriend because it's in a field that she thought she liked and the money sounded good. But now that she's actually experiencing it, like be okay experiencing stuff, be okay dating that job and then going, you're not the right one for me. It's, it's like this fear that we won't get another chance is, is what I see. And so it's almost like, like the picture I see, it's almost like going to the buffet table and thinking you only get one shot there <laughs> yeah. and you pile it up and then you get back and you're like, Oh, I really didn't like this pork. And then like, and now, now you're like, well, I'm stuck with it. Yeah. So I got to eat it. <laughs> but the reality is, is a buffet, you could, you can keep going back. You can keep trying again. There's like, you're not going to like, I understand that there, maybe you won't always have the same opportunities, but there's always something else along the way. You've got to be able to believe that something or someone's going to meet you along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the dinner story, you asked Thank me you. If, I've table, always, yes. if I've always been, you know, it with this mindset is where, where <clears> I defi- <throat> define what I'm comfortable with is um, there was one moment where I really kind of went all in. And so this is when I was with the um, uh, before I started my company. So this was probably about 16 years ago and I was working for the super successful guy, but he was amazingly toxic. Um, he was doing probably one to $2 million a month and I was making like 12 bucks an hour. And it wasn't the financial thing that was the problem. Cause at the time I was like early twenties and like I could pay my bills, whatever. Um, but it was just, the environment was so bad. And then one time I was at dinner with my wife and it was like on a Friday. So it was after hours on the weekend. And do you remember those T-Mobile sidekick phones? Did you ever have one of those? Never like had flip t- screen one? I remember the, the, the it, it was a thing that slid out. Oh, swivel. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So I had one of those. So it was kind of like one of those early day phones that you could put email on. And so of course that was cool. So I, I had email on my phone. Well, he was blowing me up at dinner and I didn't answer because I was at dinner and it was on the weekend and it was late and I didn't answer. So then that progressed to texting. He was texting me and then he was emailing me. And so right then at that, at at the dinner table, I deleted email on my phone and I said, I'm never going to have it again. And I haven't. So here we are 16 years later and I've never had email on my phone since then. Oh my gosh. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to delete email from my phone, uh, Damon. And then if anyone um, asks me, then I'm just going to, I'm going to flash the beard. Um, (laughs) Damon said it was okay. Yeah. Damon (laughs) Damon says, so, well, uh, all right. I want to get like really, you said the culture was toxic and Mm -hmm. you gave a great example. And one of the things that I've seen, one of the things that you pride yourself on is being able to, um, to create this web of people in lots of different places. And that's why you're on the sell and lead anywhere podcast. So it's like, like, so talk to me about how do we, how can we take this thing and make it fun and, and happy and good and productive and to do it from anywhere, like how, like, and we have so many people who are struggling with this right now and, and today. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, you just have to be intentional with actually caring and it might take, you know, depending on the personality and who you are, it, it may be hard to break that sales mind, you know, being stuck in the sales process. Cause you may tell, tell yourself like, no, I want to be about relationships, but then you get it. Like I had a call yesterday and it was a networking call and it, every once in a while I'll get hit up on, you know, well, every once in a while, all freaking time, like any of us that's on LinkedIn know you get messages like, let's just have a virtual coffee. And so the way I reply is like, hey, I'm totally down for meeting new people as long as 
There is no hidden agenda, zero sales pitch. Like I'll tell them straight up, like I will, I don't want to talk business. I want to like, if we're going to talk like, Hey Donnie, how are you? Good to meet you. Got any kids? What's your story? And so, um, we get on and, and the guy just starts vomiting sales and he goes, I know this isn't a sales pitch, but I, you know, I really like to help people with their investments. And I'm like, dude, not only did you say that we weren't going down that path, but I've also already told you 30 seconds ago that I got that figured out already. Well, that's great that you have those investments figured out, but you know, where I really specialize in is I'm just like, dude, that guy's never going to hear from me again. So what I do is when I engage is I actually get on with no agenda. I mean, if they ask me about business, I'll talk business, but I'm not going to be the one that brings it up. So anytime you fall, you know, a great example is the, the people I was talking about how I've been traveling and meeting people in person. So Mo, the guy in San Diego, he's a fitness trainer. Um, so when I came out, I spent like 10 bucks on this little thing, which I'll tell you in a minute, but I spent a really small amount. So what I did is him being a fitness trainer, me being into optimizing websites, I had a trophy made that said most optimized website. And then I had website scratched out and it said body. So it said most optimized body. So I spent like 10 bucks, but like that is something he can never buy. That is something that is completely personalized. And that's something that shows my intention in the relationship. Cause I had to go call the place, think about what to say, pick up the trophy, like do all these, bring it with me, pack it in the suitcase. And now Mo and I are great friends. Like to, yesterday was his birthday. I sent him a birthday gift. Um, and so we have these great relationships and I just have endless stories of referrals coming from those. Um, you know, one gentleman that I talk about often, he's a great friend of mine. Now he was one of my first SEO clients and we just sparked up a relationship and let, you know, we have our business discussions, but we'd also have friend discussions. And that guy, that one guy in probably years, four through six of my agency, one person sent 25% of the entirety of my business. And so I just, you know, you can look at it and it's maybe where I'll, I'll kind of bring this full circle is, um, you know, you can look at paid ads, you can look at all these other things as a dollar in $2 out. And a lot of people come to me and say, well, what you're doing is not scalable. Well, kind of, kind of not like it's not scalable in the sense that I can say $1 and $2 out. But what I can say is on average, it's $1 in $5,000 out on a more sporadic frequency. So it's totally scalable, but you have to come in it truly with the intention of relationships first. Dude. Um, yeah. And, and to describe what I got when, uh, when I, Damon, I was, I was walking through the, uh, getting to the finish line in my book journey and uh, you were sharing with me um, the experience. Do you mind if I share what I got? Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, if I were actually in my office, by the way, I I don't save the wrappings of anything. Like, <laughs> why would I? But here I'm just describing this. It was it was a it was a golden bubble wrap envelope type of a container. I got one. Wait, here you want to grab one? Go, yeah, go get it. Go yeah, get you, it. You you keep talking while I yeah. grab it. Golden bubble wrap. And now here's here is the uh, the question that I would say is like, how many of those have I ever received in my entire life? And the answer, the answer, of course, is zero. Like, like no one, no one gets these. No one does these. And if you want a chance to to double, triple, quadruple, 10x, whatever you're doing, um, do something different. Don't do the same thing. And and so here I get this this different thing. There it is. Damon's holding it up. For those of you who are viewing it, by the way, you can view this on our YouTube channel now. So um, this this golden delight showed up in my mailbox. <laughs> And who isn't happy, right, when we get something? And then um, inside is this, this dossier. And it's like, ooh, like, uh, uh, like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a spy now. And then I, I turn it over and it has a string and the string is held together by, um, by something I love, which is a wax sealed stamp, uh, personalized. It's not some like generic thing. It's Damon's wax sealed, the beard and everything. Um, is there, and it's actually about five times bigger than any regular wax You, you know, what's funny is I bought a small one. I got a small one now. It's, it's going to be here every day. Uh, okay. That thing was getting a little out of control. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the point is, is like literally I, I like, I know that Apple actually like they would, they hired people to sit in a room and, and go through unboxing of their products. And how does it feel? What do you feel like when this is happening? And I'm telling you, there is, n it's, there, it's not lost when you're when you're sending it to someone that matters. Now, I think if you 
if Damon, Damon, if you blanket sent gold packages, you know, like you just mm-hmm. bought a zip code of people, you, you sent the gold with the, with the dossier, with your book and oh, and inside was the book with a personal note to me. And it's like, it was just, it was just bad to the bone. And that's, um, you know, if you get the book from me and it looks just like that, now, you know, I'm not original. So, um, so that's it. But, but for me though, you, man, you, you, you made me feel something, Damon, and that does like, like that creates such a high level of goodwill mm-hmm. for me. If anyone ever asks like SEO, like, what do we do? Is there even a second choice in my yeah. brain? Do I even, I, I probably know a dozen or so people who do SEO, but I can't think of any of them. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to. It's just a reality. Yeah. yeah you know, you, you build up a reputation of, of being somebody that actually has a, an interest in, you know, when people, when you think about SEO, not only do you know that I have the skill set, but it, the, the reason why you would refer me is above and beyond the skill set. There's a million SEO people out there, but you want the people that like, you're going to refer the people that, you know, have a further interest in, in the actual success of whatever product or service you offer. You know, a great example that I can give is, um, like if some of the listeners want a tangible example, so, you know, somebody might be saying, okay, but you know, show me the money. So a couple of examples of how this is translated into real dollars is one was just, well, I can give you two recent examples. I'll start with the, my historical example that I like to share though, is um, there was a gentleman that reached out to me on LinkedIn. He had, he had seen something I had posted. So that's where it starts where I, when I'm on LinkedIn or whatever platform your audience is on, like Every time I post, I never send them to a link. I never send them to a newsletter. I never send them to a funnel. It's just, here's the answer. I'm solving your problems. The end, like zero call to action. And so what happens is then you expose the people in your network to your expertise, and then they begin to build a psychological relationship with you. And then when they're ready for your thing, you are top of mind. And so then they reach out for you. And we, and we know, by the way, we can sense when you have a contraption, and, yeah. the, and the connivance and you've schemed something versus I'm just showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, continue with your report. This is good. Yeah. So um, I had a guy reach out. He followed something I posted and said, hey, you know, we want to talk about um, working for an SEO guy. Can you meet up? They happen to be local, which, you know, most of my clients, I never meet. Um, so I went and visited him and we had, we had a, you know, went to a corporate, this was a very corporate place. So we went into the, uh, went into the conference room and I, I don't think it was the first meeting. I think it was like the second meeting though. And I brought a pillow because one of the guys said they were tired. And so like before we met, so I brought a pillow for that guy because you want to break the ice. Like nobody wants to go. None of us want to go in there and talk about business. We all want results of business, but we don't want to talk about it. So I make a joke and then, um, and then I didn't sell them at all. I educated them. I said, look, here's the advantage of SEO, but I'm also going to tell you the disadvantages. And so I just educated them, which makes them trust you. And it also makes for a better client for me because then they can help me help them. So we, I walk out of there and then later that day he reaches out and says, you know, what was so amazing about you coming in is that you didn't sell us. Like hardly ever do you leave a marketing meeting uh, and not leave it more confused, but you came in there and said, here's the questions, here are the answers. And then just held our hand through everything and let us decide. So those guys signed up um, within, I want to say, less than a month for sure. Um, they said, Hey, I want to introduce you to my neighbor. Um, and he's got another, he, he's working for this, this uh, company out in Vegas. And so I chat with this guy, um, ends up being for this big law firm and they end up signing up. So now we, now I got two clients in less than a month. So this last guy goes and this guy was less than a week before he goes, I want to introduce you to the Utah jazz. And I was like, what? Uh, you know, of course I'm saying yes, but in my mind, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> and so come to find out it was the guy. He was the exiting vice president of the retail division team store. And so he was moving to um, take over a new position um, with a family owned law firm. And so he was switching jobs, but he was tasked with sourcing out the marketing for the new team store. And so all of those were circumstances, especially the jazz, I could have sent a bazillion postcards and done endless Facebook ads and never got my foot in the door with that contract. Oh my gosh. And by the way, I don't know why, like my mind went from Utah jazz and I went back to Sir Charles. Were you a Lord when you met Sir Charles? I was. Yes. 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 So, So you had the higher ground. 
Yes. I should have, I should have mentioned that. I should have, I should have uh, flexed my alpha male status. It's not too late. Like knowing you. <laughs> I'm just going to send him a message. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but here's, so uh, like, it's funny. I wrote like, just taking notes over here furiously. I wrote down the economy of give. Like that's basically what, like you've literally created your own economy, mm-hmm. Damon, because what, what, what we're talking about is, is stepping in in a way that others trust you. Like I, immediately from the, from the moment you and I met, we started talking and I think we were just like, same, same thing, no agenda. Let's just like, who are you? Yeah. What do you do? And it's just hard not to trust you. It's because I don't talk, I, I don't lead into sales, you know? And, and in fact, when I'm asked, I just had um, a networking call yesterday or the day before. And the guy goes, all right, tell me about SEO. And I go, well, I'm the anti SEO guy. It was something like that. Like, I'm, I'm not going to pitch you on it. I'm not going to puke on it. Like, you know, it works for some people, it doesn't work for others. And, and every time I say that, there's just like such a sigh of relief from the people on the other side going, Oh, okay. And I think that's what it is, is like everyone lets their guard down when everyone has their guard up to begin with. But then when you come in and be like, sure, I guess I'll talk about my thing if you want, but you know, really, I'm just curious who you are and show that, that personal interest that just goes so far. And you, you know, uh, if you want one more tangible example of, of conversation and relationship to dollars, I had a new client sign yesterday and the way that that client was, was a referral. It, like, listen to how fast this was. So somebody tagged me in a group on Facebook. There's this, I'm not going to say who it is, really successful entrepreneur. And they post a tag in there or they do a thing in their private group that says, Hey, one of the things I want to get locked in for 2021 is SEO. Um, I want, I'm looking for somebody that does this, 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 and this. And then I got tagged and a couple things happened. When I got tagged, the person that tagged me said, um, Damon's the only guy. He's about lifetime value. He's about building relationships. And if you compare that to what everybody else that tagged their friends said, all of them were like, my friend will, it will dominate Google. He's the best at SEO. And it was always about skill, skill, skill. And the person that tagged me said relationships, relationships, relationships. It didn't say anything about SEO. He said, I do SEO, the end, everything else about relationships. And so to follow that up, I got in there and my reply was simply, Hey, what's up? If I can help, here's my background. Happy to help either way. The end. I didn't continue the sales pitch. I didn't flex any of my skills at all. I just said like, here's me. If I can help you, let me know. And so guess what happened? I get uh, the very next day. I have an appointment booked on my calendar from this guy. I don't know that he replied to anybody. Well, I don't imagine he did because he signed the contract two days later. So <laughs> day, day one is intro, Facebook comment, me saying, cool, if I can help you, I'm happy to. If not, equally great. The next day is Zoom session. The next day is sign contract. There, there's something that we, it's almost like um, when we were in, in the middle of all of our, our anywhere journey travels in Utah, actually a lot in Utah, we would um, fly fish. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would cast my kids would actually do really more of the fish really? and they were like, I would try, I would get tangled up. But it's like, if you don't present things correctly, what happens is, is like, the, I, I don't know how fish can figure out if something is, oh, that's bait. Mm-hmm. And in, in, we all can sense when someone is being um, like our, our alert flags go up. And I, and I, I really believe that when someone shows up to beat their chest, when someone shows up and says, Oh, I'm the, you know, like, like if, if you're giving me all your credentials, it probably means you're overcompensating. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That's exactly. And, and, and I think, I think we all sense that and we want someone who is real. And, and I hope that when people are listening, they are um, like, like my hope is there's, this is another permission. So one of those is you get to choose what's important. And another one is, is that you don't have to, um, you know, to, to flex mm-hmm. you, you like my three favorite letters, you be you. And I, I think you, I think you really gave us the essence of, of that here. I want to, um, it would be a crime of me not to, not to go here because you're really, really good at something that again, the anywhere leader um, has like there, there again, just a lot of people in free fall right now. How do I create a culture or how do I, how do I outsource and have mm. uh, a, a great culture? You do a ton with, um, VAs. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us about that? 
Yeah. So my entire team, um, is technically VAs, technically contractors, but they, I have a team of 20. They work exclusively for me by, by all intents and purpose, intense and purposes. That's one of those words that I learned the other day is it's not intensive purposes. It's like intense and purposes. Cause I'm going into a tent and on, on purpose. purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when I, but I foster this uh, relationship, everything we've been talking about, I, I do internally, like with my internal team as well. And so I got about half my team in the States, half in the Philippines. And prior to earlier this year, I had never met any of them. And, you know, the, the journey to the Philippines is a whole other story because um, it was right when COVID happened. But prior to this year, I'd never met any of them. And my longest employee has been with me for 12 years and I've never had any of them quit either. I had to fire some, but like I've never had anybody lead, leave. And I've had uh, two of the teams in the Philippines ask me to be a godfather. Rewind. Did you just say never had anyone leave? Yeah, I've had, well, technically I've had one person leave, but it was because he's a friend and I, he had a unique opportunity come up. He wasn't looking for a job and, and I told him to take it. I said, it sounds like a good opportunity go for it. So, but other than that, yeah. I'm just, I'm highlighting that because that's not, that's not the norm. And, and you realize that, but, but I just wanted to, mm -hmm. I want to, this is attached to that. So, well, I even told, I had a discussion with my video editor the other day and, um, you know, he's newly married and we were just talking about life. He, he's one of the ones that asked me to be a godfather. He's, uh, I think the, I'm going to mess it up, but I think the phrase is called Ninong. And he says, will you be a Ninong? And I was like, well, thank you. Yes. Like, what are my responsibilities? And he's like, oh, nothing really just guide us on life. And I'm like, oh, that's all. Okay. That's great. <laughs> you know. And so that's he all. says, he says, uh, we are having one of those, you know, life conversations and um he was talking about big dreams and goals and whatever and i told him i said look you know hopefully i can provide those opportunities for you but if i can't and you think somebody else can like don't hesitate like i'll be there to support you on that decision whatsoever and that really and and they all know that i i am very sincere about that so um one conversation you know i'll go on podcasts to talk about vas um but one thing that's come up recently is you know how did how did COVID impact the relationships? Did it make things worse? And I think if anything, it made it better because the first thing that I did when, you know, everybody started losing jobs and people were concerned about what's going to happen is I came in and I said, first thing I said is guys, your jobs are safe because I just want them to have that peace of mind. And then after that, I, I went a step further and I said, um, outside of work, what can I provide to improve your quality of life? And so I had a couple of, they wanted a new chair to sit in. So I, I forwarded the money to buy a chair and then, um, two of them wanted air conditioners. So I sent them like 600 bucks to buy them air conditioners. And then one of them I knew was into gaming. So I said, can I buy you a subscription to some sort of gaming thing? Or does anybody want to learn guitar and I'll pay for a guitar. And so um, if you have the, it's the same concept we talked about earlier, just in any relationship, whether it's business externally or business internally or family, friends, whatever, like just plant those little seeds that you actually have intentional caring about what's going on with them. Okay. So, um, there, there are two things by the way, and this is, this is for you leaders who are out there and, um, you know, like I, <laughs> your people are not like lightning bugs that you're like you capture and you put in a jar and you keep them there forever. And if they only can be happy with you and with your company, right. Yeah. What, 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 you, what you just now said is like, Hey, Hey, maybe I can, we're all on a journey. Maybe I can help you along the way. It looks like we believe the same stuff. We're going in the same direction. If your if your path ever veers off in another direction. Awesome. Like you're, yeah. you're cheering for them. And, and then the other one is like, like, just like actually like investing yourself and caring for another person. How did you get like, did, was there any secret way that you asked that question of like, you know, like, what do you need? Or how can I help you? Like, what were the specific questions you asked? Because and it sounds like you were actually even willing to step up to the plate with those as well. But what were the, yeah, they didn't, they didn't bring it up. I brought it up. Um, I just, you know, the reality, we all know that COVID's like pretty, um, exhausting, even if it doesn't impact you directly. Like, you know, I've been one of the fortunate ones that on paper, it hasn't impacted me, but doesn't mean you don't see the gray cloud that's out there. And so I just wanted to be proactive. And I said, Hey, like, especially for the, like the team, like, I know that 
you know, depend, I, I know that the lockdowns are different in everybody's locations. Some are more flexible, some are more strict. Uh, but then, especially on the ones that are more strict, like a lot of these people, like the, you know, teams or listeners that live in apartments, like if you have a pretty strict lockdown, but you have a yard, at least you can go outside. But I know a lot of my team lives in townhouses and apartments they don't have a yard. And so like, I was just being proactive and thinking about the mental impact that the, the, the circumstances of the world are having right now. And I just, I don't know what circumstances they are in outside of work. Um, and so I, I want to, I want them to know that I, I care to, I don't need to know the details, but I want to know that they're okay. And so I just threw it out there. I said, Hey, is there anything that I can do to I think I literally said mental health. Is there anything I can do to support your guys' mental health? Mm. Mm. I, I love the, uh, like, you know, the, the, you probably said this word a dozen times in one way or another, care, care, culture of care, care, care. I care. And it's real. It's real. Most like if, if you feel like you are going too fast to care, you're not living life. Listen, listen to what Damon is saying here. Can you, can you talk, like you do a really good job at scaling too, and you have systems. Mm -hmm. Can you, um, like, it wasn't like you individually um, wrote a book for me, went to the store and got a gold envelope for me. That was, so that was a, that was a system of something you had there. What yeah. can be scaled and what's individual, like, like, but the trophy, right. And that, in that case, like that was a, an individual thing. Can you talk to us maybe about how to scale care? Yeah. Well, on the, on the trophy thing, I'll kind of answer it in reverse, like the more unique things like the trophy. Um, so like I, the reason why I emphasized earlier, it was only like a $10 thing is because I want people to realize that they don't have to spend a crap ton of money Thank you. and, but they can still have a very, like most Mo, I've talked to Mo tons of times since then. And he does podcasts too. And guess what's right behind him next to like his legit medals and trophies. He's won at fitness shows is my little six inch <laughs> trophy. That's right. He goes, dude, is I, that's the best place. He goes, I'm never getting rid of that thing. So you can, all you got to do from a, um, you know, from the individual circumstances, when you have opportunities like that is you don't have to spend a ton of money. You have to spend, you have to show that you invested some thought into it. And that doesn't mean it's expensive. So for the one-off things, I do that. Um, anytime I'm gonna meet somebody, I think what's unique, what would actually, you know, complement their personality, what would foster the relationship in the path that it makes sense. We should foster this relationship and just think of something really unique. Now on the book thing, um, so I have a process, but it is very personalized. So like you said, I personally wrote in the book, I personally warmed up the glue gun and I personally did the stamp, but that's all part of a process. I have a stack of those gold envelopes. I have a stack of, what'd you call it? A dossier. I have a stack of the envelopes. I have, you know, a dozen sticks of black glue gun, uh, you know, wax sticks. I have the stamp ready but it is a process. Um, now, as far as like other ways to scale, like my business though is totally documented. So, um, you know, my team handles 95% of our fulfillment. Now that's not to say the last 5% that I do isn't a crap ton. It's just I had so much stuff that I had to, I had to delegate it. And so I had to document it. So you can fully scale your business simply through documentation. Um, but then maybe more what you're asking it about, fostering relationships is let's give the example of LinkedIn. Um, so I want to continue to network, grow my audience and meet new people. I also don't have the time though, to send all the initial outreach. So I have a VA that when I first hired her, I said, here's my login. Don't do a single thing for like a month. Just watch, just watch how I reply to people, watch how I engage people and absorb my voice because I'm very protective of the relationships that I have fostered and the reputation I've built. And I want to maintain that, but I want to scale it. So I had her just kind of follow and absorb the voice. And then what I still do all the original content, I still make the posts, but a lot of times I'll have her follow guidelines that say, you know, here's Damon's voice and here's how you can follow up or I'll have her go engage on other people's content just to initiate a relationship but here's where you protect your personal side. So that's, that's the scalability, have somebody else do the monotonous stuff. But as soon as somebody replies in a specific way, in a non-sales pitchy way, in a non-generic way, now it's back to you. she sends it back to me. Yeah. I don't check my inboxes, my VA does. And then she sends me the link when it matters because I want to take care of that relationship 
but I also acknowledge I don't have the time to do all the little nitty gritty stuff. I love it. Actually, um, what, what you, what you did, and this is even personally for me, um, I will disappear. And that's very, that's because of the, uh, the cycle of where, so where I've gone through is, is being someone who, who relied on people like that I was outsourcing to, um, to going very much back into an entrepreneurial place where I did everything. Um, and now into a place where I have a, uh, I have a team, a small team, like I, my two, my team is two of my sons and I do pay them. It's not just, uh, it's not just like <laughs> and rice or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one that does my videos, one that does the podcasting stuff, but, but I notice that there are sometimes those, those friction points keep me from, from doing things. And I'm going to give you a, a prime example. Um, uh, well, well, two. Number one, I was I was off a little bit on my calendar today because I changed location. So here's the anywhere guy who gives people all these tips and advice, you know, nuggets on how to do. And I couldn't I couldn't figure out my schedule. You you know, um, <laughs> I was off on that. But um, I have a group that I'm leading through um, through a, what I call a group experience. And in that group experience, some of them are going to hear this uh, this podcast and, and and they'll chuckle at me. But there are, I have timed tangible gifts that show up. It's like, hey, here's mm -hmm. a note. Here's the reason. Yeah. There's a little bit of mystery and intrigue that kind of go along with that. But it also, it, like, it aids in their growth and development. Well, dude, I'm like, I'm three days later than I said I would be because yeah. I'm still a part of my process. I, like, yeah. I'm still, there's no need for that. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw myself on you. And because I know that there are other par parallels that are out there fix that for me, like operate on me. What, what, what am I, yeah. where do I talk to me? So a lot of those things you have to, you know, the, the very literal step one, two, three things are easy to document because you document step one, step two, step three, but the other things that are more dynamic, you have to document the thought process because I would bottleneck a lot of the company operations too, because it was before I delegated 95% of the stuff, maybe I delegated 80% of the stuff. The, the last 20% are things that I either had a personal interest in, I enjoyed that process, or I was very protective of the quality control. You're so describing me. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, so what I had to do was go, okay, it's just not realistic for me to continue to do these. Not that I don't want to, it's just, you know, the company's moving in these directions and I need to spend my time over here. And so I had to go, how the freak do I pass this on to my team while still feeling confident that the quality control is going to be protected? So then I realized that the only difference was that I have a thought process of how to tackle the dynamic solution. So then I started to say, okay, how can I document the thought process? So then on those dynamic things, I'll say, go look at their website, go look up social media, go look up this to educate yourself. To So I'll walk them through how to find the answer and the thought process behind it. So on the dynamic things, you can do that. Um, on the specific things like you sending gifts along the journey, what I've done is in our CRM, when we launch a new client right out on day one, it says schedule these three things. So yeah, I just yeah. do it right there. So week one, send them a thank you card. So right then I just write them a thank you card week, um, you know, month one, send whatever. So I put it in the calendar and then month three, like a lot of times I'll send cupcakes or little food gifts that say it's your SEO birthday, you know, your first quarter SEO birthday. And so I just order the freaking thing right there and then just schedule it out three months. Okay. Uh, yes. In, in what you just now said, it's interesting because, um, a lot of us, especially if you're entrepreneurial, right? You're probably doing something that you own. You uh, you feel a little bit smarter. You feel like you care a little bit more. There's a little mm -hmm. bit more, like it's like you're you're an artist in this scenario, right? You're, this is your expression. Yeah. And being able to trust, there, there are only a few elements that really should take your actual presence for. And what you've done is, is you've taken not, not just the tasks of like email and like these, these things, but you've given what you've just described as basically brain share. You are mm -hmm. assimilating someone into your, into the fabric of your thinking yeah, and, and then empowering them to be an extension of you. How, how do you come to uh, that? Like that takes an awful lot of trust because now we're talking mm -hmm. about you, your brand and, and the beard, protect the beard. <laughs> How do you, how, like, at what, like, do you have like phases of trust or how do you, do you just like, how um, part of it's come out of necessity. Like you get to a breaking point, um, growing pains where, you know, you probably should have done it, but now you don't have a choice. 
Um, but yeah, there's certainly trust and, and that's probably a good topic to talk about and back to like hiring VAs. So I will, I will spend way more time on the front end of finding the right person than prematurely committing to the cheapest person or the quickest person. So a lot of times I'll, so I'll walk you through kind of my hiring a VA process. So the first thing I do is, you know, I go to the job listing, but then on the job posting, I'll strategically structure it. So on the top, it's, you know, personal. What do you typically post at? Um, if it's an overseas VA, like online jobs.ph is kind of the go-to place. Mm -hmm. So I'll post on there. And then, um, at the top of the post, I'll put, I'll I'll try to be personal. I'll, I'll be like, Hey, um, you know, I've, I've worked with VAs for 12 years and I understand the culture. I understand 13th month, which is like this holiday thing that they have and, and get them, get on their side instead of trying to get them on my side. And then I'll skip down to the bottom and in the bottom, I put the compensation, now, the reason why I do that is because usually people will scan job listings or at least the person that you don't want to hire is going to scan it. And so then in the middle, I'll strategically put something like just freaking stupid. Like I'll put um, an Easter egg, like I love tuna fish flavored coffee. Like, you know, <laughs> like, and so I'll put, don't Skype me on this website or don't message me on this website. My preferred method of communication is Skype. Um, and you must copy and paste. I love tuna fish flavored coffee. And so what you're looking for is somebody that followed. Yeah. Like that's going to cut out 75% of the people. When I first started doing that half the time, I'd be like, Oh, but I still got 20 other applicants in my inbox. I should go look. And then I'd be distracted by the resume and say, Oh, that's a good resume. And then I email them and it would never work out. So I just blanket statement. Don't even look at them anymore. Then when they Skype me, if they don't, tell me about their love affair with tuna fish flavored coffee. Like I'm not, I'm not going to reply to it. And so that's going to cut out 90% of your applicants. And then the last 10%, I usually do like a paid gig. I'll say, Hey, let's do this for a day or this for a week. That way, if it doesn't work out, you're still compensated. I don't, I don't feel uncomfortable about wasting your time. Um, And then you're going to see the actual, a million people can say they do web design or SEO or copywriting, but it's a lot different when you actually see what they output. So then I'll look at what they output. And then the last handful of people that are remaining, I just have a conversation with. And are these the type of people I'd want to work with? Are these the type of people that can maintain the company culture? Are these the type of people that I can trust? I mean, once they're in, they're in um, because I'll spend the time to figure it out. I'll spend two to four weeks and going do you, through. Do you now have your documentation? Is it like on literal documents? Is it video? Like how do you now put your brain into this person that you've now named? It's, it's documented. Yeah. So most of the stuff, I don't do video a lot because I I do some video. The reason why I don't do most of my stuff is documented in our CRM and it's contextual. But the reason why I don't do video is because I get very granular on the documentation. And if that ever changes, I don't want to go record a 30 minute video again. Instead, I can go change one line in the middle of text. So everything that we have is text based larger. There's a handful of things where I have a screen recording or a link to a document or an image or something, but by far the majority is text based. And when I mean granular, I mean ridiculously granular. It took me probably two to three hours every other day for a year to go through all of our processes. Because if I was going to do it, I wanted to do it right. And other than changing it here and there, I never wanted to do it again. And the payoff, like what, like that sounds like a heavy investment. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm assuming the payoff has been, has been much more in in time. For sure. Like what's the, what's been the biggest payoff for you for doing the two to three hours every other day for a year? Well, I mean, two examples come to mind. One is on the personal side, one's on the business side. So that whole experience was six or seven years ago when I went through that. Um, The the tangible side where we can probably quantify this more for the listeners is we had a lead come in that was for this huge international company and they wanted, like the contract was like 10 grand a month. So it was a pretty big contract. And if I didn't have the processes documented, I wouldn't have felt comfortable bidding on that because if we got it, how would I fulfill on it? But then, um, so I was able to put a bid on, we ended up getting a contract. So let's say that I, let's say that I didn't document it and I was more shady and I just put in the bid anyway, cause I was money hungry. Then my reputation's on the line. Sweet. We got it, but now we're going to look like a train wreck. So there was very literal financial benefits by being able to comfortably board clients. But then there was another time on the personal side, it was actually just outside my office window here. Um, like in the, in the mornings when it's during the summer, 
I'll block off like eight to 9 AM and then three to 4 PM on my calendar, because that's when I'll walk my kids to school or walk them back. Like if I can just spend that time walking, like I'm going to go do that. And so I'll do things like that throughout the day. And then one time my kids came down and they wanted to like go play in the backyard and jump on the trampoline. So I was just like, sure, why not? So I went out there and then it wasn't like anything was new, but just something hit me a little bit differently when I was out with my kids. And it was, it was a little bit of peace and comfort knowing, well, I just totally walked away from my job and I have zero hesitation, zero concerns. My company, my team's doing all the heavy lifting right now. And I know that everything's being knocked out perfectly and I can do whatever my thing I was doing. I can do it later. So there's definitely been some personal comfort that goes along with it too. That's, that's so powerful. And, um, I've had people describe like where they were like, wait, something's missing. Oh yeah. The dark cloud, you know, the heavy mm-hmm. weight or, um, and, and just because you get out of that once doesn't mean you're not susceptible to, to going back in. It's like always having that, that that's why I love, um, you're just, just hearing from you. I'm like, I, yeah, I had a moment just a week or two ago. Um, when I was, cause I'm, I'm basically grooming myself to be, to get myself out of production that last 5% of things and just be the relationship guy. Like, I'm just going to go on do podcasts and go on meet people and then just continue to do the parts that I enjoy. And as I'm passing on those last 5% of things, they're taking a little bit longer because they're all dynamic. I got to figure out how to document the thought process. And I was following up on some new clients because I'm, I, I bored them. But once I push the go button in our CRM, like it's all my team and we were like two months into a new account. And then I just like had a flashback about them being a new account. And so I heard and messaged one of my guys and I was like, holy crap, where are we at with this thing? And they're like, dude, that was done last month. And I was, just, it was even for me, that was a, a new and rewarding experience because it was like instant panic for a second. But then I was like, oh yeah, I I documented that and gave it. Okay. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> you literally, it's literally like you made a time machine and you went ahead of yourself and took care of it and you didn't even know it here. It's like, uh, yeah. back forward, yeah. forward. that's amazing. And, and I would say this, I actually, I, I believe this to be true. Like I've seen, like I could probably line myself up in the same category with a lot of others is that sometimes you're not getting the big deal because you're not ready for the big deal. Sometimes like, and so like you literally will throw up internal uh, you know, hesitations, like you'll put your own barriers in between you and what you say you want, because yeah. you're actually like, if you got it, you know, it would wreck you. Yeah. Well, there, I think that's important, especially for the early stage entrepreneurs is that they don't, they feel like they got to take like every sell, they got to take every opportunity, but then that hurts their reputation in the long run, like be okay telling somebody no, like the, the nephew that I'm mentoring, he, he's getting all these leads. I, I told him to get on LinkedIn, just network. And so what he's doing is he's saying, Hey, I'm not selling anything. Like I'm mentoring under my uncle doing web design. And I just want the experience. Like, can I do anything for free for you? Cause I want to go through that process. And he's learning all these, you know, how customer relationships work and what people really want and how to set expectations. And so with that, a lot of people are replying and saying, well, cool. Can you do this logo? Can you do SEO? And he comes back to me and he's like, can I do that? And I go, I can, but you can't. And you need to tell him that you can't be honest, set the realistic expectations, tell him you're only building out WordPress websites. You're only starting with the small stuff and you're working your way up. And then you win because you're not feeling that unnecessary pressure to do something that you, you know, you can't do. They're not waiting on you for something that they thought you can do that you can't. So I think just in, in all things, I've just been super transparent. It's paid off well. I love it. I love it. Well, um, we are, we're going to round third base. We're going to, we're going to take this puppy home and, and I'm going to ask you to do one thing practical because you and I geeked out about some of the different things that we can do to provide experience and make people happy. And I'm going to ask you to share some of those awesome ideas and websites and stuff like that with people. Um, and then, um, man, anything that you can, you can share with a person that is either looking to create and, and maybe step over the line into to be bold in some of the ways that you've described, maybe some of the ways that you're talking even to your nephew or others that you're mentoring, um, you know, share a little chunk of that and then tell us where we can, where we can connect with your brother and, and we will, we will bid you adieu. Lord yeah. Damon. Well, thanks for the, thanks for this. Lord Damon. Uh, I, even I am not used to my own magnificent <laughs> title. <laughs> um, I think the first thing I would say is, um, 
revisit what I said earlier about just being, uh, being comfortable with the unknown. Don't feel like you have to prematurely commit to something. Um, and the other thing is stop caring what other people are doing. Uh, like we said earlier, there's a lot of successful people, but they're miserable, but they're not going to get on social media and talk about their misery. So you're only seeing like the flashy stuff. So just be, you know, a great example is I'll compare this very literally to web design. A lot of times I have clients come in and say, well, we want a site that looks like that because that's what our competitor is doing. Who cares that they're doing that just because they're doing that doesn't mean it's working. So I would say, do your own thing. Um, it helps you sleep better at night <laughs> in the long term. It'll bring you better clients because they're going to be the ones that you like to work with. So just do your own thing. Um, as far as how you can get a hold of me, uh, LinkedIn is my platform of choice. Um, if you want the, the magnificent copy of the book that Donnie talked about, um, I have a free PDF at freeseobook.com. And um, sometimes I talk about entrepreneurship at damonburton.com. There you go. Love it. And then final question, Damon, hmm. what kind of beard products can we uh, find that will give us such a majestic uh, facial composition? Maybe, maybe it's my lack of beard products. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like the, I'm like the worst beard grooming etiquette advisor possible. In the raw, in the raw. Damon Burton, thank you so much for hanging out with us today, brother. And I know you've, uh, you've, you've helped me. I'm sure you've helped a lot of others in the process. Thank you, man. Super cool. You bet. Thanks, Donnie.